0: I'm Zach Weiss, and you're listening to Across the Cavs on the Basketball Podcast Network. Good. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs on Thursday, December 8th, thousand and twenty. Two, just a quick birthday shout out. There is no Cavalier with a birthday today, I want to add. There is no Cav. We do have two WNBA birthdays. Happy birthday to Angelina Wolver, who played her lone game for the Rockers. Her lone game with the WNBA was for the Rockers. She was born in 78. And Paige Sauer logged three games for the Rockers, born today in 77. Dwight Howard uh, kept the Cavs from the finals in the 9 10 or the 0809 season when they won 66 games he turns 37 the mvp of taiwan and ken durrett not kevin durant ken durrett turned at 75 he logged 120 games also birthday shout out to so andrew nicholson johnny green and a guy we're gonna dislike come playoff time in boston by the name of sam hauser but on today's show proud to bring him back we spoke last before all-star weekend last year it is the radio voice of your Cleveland Cavaliers, Tim Alcorn. A pleasure, Tim, to have you back today.
1: Oh, Zach, this is awesome. I appreciate the invite. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed our chats.
0: Oh man, me too. And you know, we're, we're, we're calling this Alcorn's alcove is where we're going today. To we like, <laughs> do you, we like it?
1: Yeah, All
0: that right. works. We're going to Alcorn's alcove, where uh, it's, it's a good place because through twenty three games. The Cleveland Cavaliers are fifteen and eight, but more importantly, Tim, they're eleven and one in games played at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. So, what do you think's been the difference playing in front of the home fans this year versus last year?
1: Well, I think that's one of those chicken and the egg type questions. Uh, the guys that you know are on the floor playing, they feed off the energy of that Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse crowd. It is probably the loudest arena in the NBA, and I've been to most of them now. Uh, It is unbelievable the electric atmosphere that the crowd brings and uh, and the and the crowd feeds off the players. Uh, They play with such energy and they play with such passion uh, as JB calls it Cavalier basketball. So I think there's a real symmetry there. There's a connection there between the two and one just feeds off the other and then back the other way. And I'll tell you what, uh, 11 and one, that's a glittering home mark. That's the best in the NBA. And uh, the guys will tell you, to a man, uh, they don't discount the fans. Uh, they're a huge reason for the Cavs' success.
0: And on the flip side of that, it is fantastic to see the Cavs so effective at home. And there's a lot of additional factors and injuries and back-to-backs and travel. But on the other side of the of the shoe, you got the Cavs at four and seven on the road. So my my thought here would be that this is just something. It's, it's early in the season. You're playing well here. Maybe it's been difficult to travel, but is there, is there anything significant in that? Do you think it's still, it's one quarter, one third, one quarter of the season done? Yeah,
1: I think uh, Zach, I think there's a lot of basketball still to be played and you look at some of those road games. uh, Of course, we've already played two in Milwaukee. We've already played two in Toronto. We've had a tough West coast road swing. So uh, the, the road schedule so far hasn't been soft by any means. And, uh generally, generally thinking, uh, I've had coaches tell me in the NBA that uh, you want to win the majority of your games at home, 70 to 75 percent of your home games, if you can get those and then break even on the road. And uh, listen, there's still a lot of road games to be played, uh, 30 to be exact. And uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But so far, no, I don't have any complaints with the way the Cavs have played on the road. They, they had a clunker in New York, obviously. I mean, that was just one of those nights in the NBA where you take that film and you go, let's not even watch it. Uh, That that was just, just awful. They couldn't shoot the ball. So, you know, listen, 82 games, you're going to have one of those, but uh, they've been through a a real tough test early on the road. And uh, as you said, sitting here uh, with a pretty nice record. And so you take that overall and you just keep plugging game by game by game.
0: Yeah, no, well said. And, yeah, the Cavs matched Kobe's total versus Toronto back in 06, but we're, we're not going to not gonna drone on about that. It is one game. They bounced back with a fantastic win over the Lakers. You could say LeBron had a bad ankle. You could say AD only played eight minutes, but these are NBA players. They still had Russell Westbrook. They had Lonnie Walker. They had other very talented guys, and they, they closed them out as they needed to, and it's no one feels sorry when you lose to a banged-up team, and no one feels sorry when you lose to a full team. A win is a win, a loss is a loss, and we move on from that. Let's talk about Donovan Mitchell, Tim, because from the very beginning of the season and his very first game with the Cavs, it's pretty clear that he was happy to be here and he was ready to show out.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, Zach, I look back to his introductory news conference and he was so gracious and so humble. And he told folks, uh, listen, before I sat up here and did the news conference, had a conversation with JB. and." I want to do whatever it takes to help this team win. He's a winner. He's a superstar. And superstars, in the end, all they care about is winning. They're chasing titles. And so this guy has stepped in here and did his very best. And he has gone above and beyond to fit in with the team, to fit in with the system, to fit in with the guys. And he has been better than advertised. He is an elite NBA player.
0: Yes, yeah, so far to date, we I mean Mitchell has been insane. He's coming off a 43 point game. He's averaging 29 points, four rebounds, five assists, 1.5 steals, still only 26 years of age. So for you, Tim, obviously we were in a situation where we'd only see Donovan twice a year coming into this season now we're seeing him every night is there anything different or anything you didn't expect that you're seeing from his game now that you get to see him up close and call him as a home player
1: that's a great question Zach Uh, I've used the term on air a few times Uh, when he was in Utah he was hiding in plain sight because he was out there putting up big time numbers but you didn't really know a whole lot about him I mean obviously all-star appearances and that sort of thing but Not a lot of TNT, not a lot of ESPN, that sort of thing. And so uh, all of a sudden, he comes here, and as you said, you get to watch him every single day, not only in the games, but in practices and shoot-arounds. And first of all, I never thought he was as strong a player as he is. Jim Jones, my broadcast partner, likes to call him a power player. He'll take it right to the basket. He'll draw contact. So uh, he really will take the physical game. Uh, and then the other part of it is, uh, I didn't realize he's also an elite passer. I mean, he's had some beautiful dishes this year, so he's known for his scoring, but he has a tremendous all-around game.
0: Yeah, I believe he was averaging about eight assists through the first right. five. When uh, when Darius had missed four, it's it's been incredible. And you know, I've got a, a couple of friends that always keep me in the loop on the Utah Jazz. <laughs> coming into the season, you know, it's, they're not a team I would watch every day before the playoffs, but no, it's, it's great to see him and a change of scenery. It's unfortunate. It couldn't work for him in his old place, but when it's yours team and it's, it's your squad that he's coming to, there are absolutely no complaints in uh, any way, shape or form. So folks, we will step aside for a quick word from DraftKings, and then return with more across the calves with Tim Alcorn. The NBA season is heating up, and there are still so many unknown factors, like how many games the Cavs are going to win, who's going to win the East, and I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet, with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money on any NBA team to win their game. You get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings. Stepped up, same game, parlays. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. I'm looking right now to pick the Cavs to beat the Knicks today, and then the Lakers and the Kings in the next two. Might even think about going SGP. Mitchell points, Garland assists. Why not? So download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back, folks. Zach Weiss here on Across the Cavs with Cavs Radio Voice, Tim Alcorn, and just finishing up on Mitchell here, Tim. I think the most impressive part, for me, didn't kick in until about, what, four, three or four, five weeks in. Darius Garland came back, him and Don were playing together, and then we saw our first winning streak with them on the court at the same time. I think these two really complement each other well, despite being ball-dominant guards.
1: And, Zach, they haven't even scratched the surface. I mean, they still need to get used to playing with one another and where the other guy would like the ball and how this – will work in this particular set and so forth. Uh, They've got a long way to go. And it's been amazing to see it come together game by game by game. They're getting much more comfortable with each other. There's no doubt. But uh, when they really start to play off each other, it is going to be a lethal backcourt. Uh, Because neither one of them want every shot. Neither one of them say, I've got to have the first shot. Uh, Each one is willing to give the ball up for a better shot. Each one is willing to play off the other guys out on the floor. So uh, they really are going to have just an extraordinary combo back there when they're both healthy, which they are now, and both get acclimated to one another and that's getting closer and closer.
0: Yeah. And Darius has had some incredible games. Again, there are nights where his shot is off, but when that happens, Don is there to pick him up and the same is true. Of Garland when Mitchell that uh, doesn't bring his best shooting, but these are two incredible playmakers that are getting more and more comfortable by the game. And at this time in two months, it's gonna be scary to the league to see these guys on the court together with chemistry. And it is well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad we I'm glad we support Cleveland. We don't have to worry about that as a fan of another team.
1: And <laughs> oh, there's then, no doubt. And again, uh, you know, it was interesting when you acquired, when the Cavs acquired Donovan Mitchell there were those questions you know will he and dg complement each other will they play off each other and i think so far the answer has been a resounding yes 101%
0: a little little over the norm and we talk about ricky rubio who we haven't seen in a while tim but when ricky does come back is it reasonable to expect him to be able to handle the same number of minutes as last season obviously He's not probably won't need to if everyone else is healthy, but is that, is that a reasonable expectation by the time the season is over for Ricky?
1: That's a good question. I think he'll work his way up to significant minutes. Uh, he's going to be a critical piece for this team coming down the stretch. He's getting closer. Uh, it's about a year long process after an ACL. And if you recall, he had the injury in late December of last year. So we're coming up on a year. Uh, he's been taking part in some drills, uh, Anybody that has seen the Cavs pregame, he'll get shots up before the game and run on the floor and so forth. So, uh, But obviously, he's not coming back until he is 100% ready, both from the Cavs' perspective and his perspective. Uh, He knows his body better than anybody else. But uh, I think when Ricky comes back, oh my goodness, think about the bench that the Cavaliers are going to have because now you'll have Ricky Rubio, Karis LeVert, Kevin Love, Jetty Osman I mean now you've got some guys that can come in add some punch play some defense and Ricky is such a leader Uh, Ricky along with Donovan those are guys that have been through playoff wars uh, and so yeah I think he's going to be a real integral part of this team as we get to the later stages of the campaign and postseason basketball
0: and I'm sure this is something you and you and uh, Jim Jones talk about over the course of the game but for all the talent the Cavs do have on the bench they are 26 in actual points per game at just under 29 do you think that the return of rubio could, is going to instantly boost that
1: yes and the reason i say that zach is because ricky uh, if you remember him from last year he knows how to deliver the ball to guys where they want it uh jetty is a great spot-up shooter and so he and ricky played very very well together same with kevin love when Kevin last year was hitting those three balls left and right, a lot of it had to do with Ricky Rubio because Ricky knew where Kevin wanted the ball. So, absolutely, I I would see that bench production going up uh, upon Ricky's return.
0: Yeah, and I'm very excited to see that. Remember the game at the Garden and some of his other epic type performances uh, last season.
1: Yeah, the Garden game. People, you know, people always ask me after a season, "Well, your most exciting game?" Or and they all blur together at some point, but. Yeah, Ricky Rubio in Madison Square Garden with his career high thirty-seven. What a magical night that was! Yeah,
0: and honestly, not not to throw any shade at ourselves here, but it's almost like he's wearing the Spain jersey again that night, based on how he played in <laughs> in, in the uh, EuroBasket, right? The Olympic EuroBasket was EuroBasket, right? It wasn't the Olympics.
1: Yeah, he uh, well, he's very very proud of his uh, his native land, and uh, obviously uh, he's a great basketball player he's another one you know we made that trade last summer not to go off on a tangent but people like yeah Ricky Rubio it bounced around a little bit but people didn't realize how good he was he's a terrific player
0: and I think for him having that one year back home in Minnesota may have calmed him down a bit he had been playing just fine with Phoenix and with Utah but I think when you can go back to the team where you started with play a different role maybe a humbling type of role So me, put he had struggled, he did struggle with the shot. He was playing less minutes. He came off the bench to start the season. He had never done that before. I think that year helped condition him to be the player he was with the Cavs, and it made him hungry to want to win more because that Minnesota team uh, definitely didn't meet the expectations they were supposed to. But
1: that's a great point, Zach. Yep, good point.
0: And then let's talk about his old team a little bit Uh, a team that's got four. Of, of our old pals, I guess three old pals and one guy that never suited up, The Utah Jazz. Now we, we were talking about uh, their, their performance last night before we came on, but from an outsider's view now, Tim, what do you make so far of Lowry and Collins' play in their new city?
1: Well, Lowry certainly seems to have found a home. And again, he was a big part of what the Cavs did last year and their success. And so when you're acquiring a Donovan Mitchell, uh, you're going to have to give up something. Uh, and, and Lowry was tough to send away. And he really has played very, very well. Shooting the ball well uh, seems to have blended into the jazz system. So I think Lowry has found a home. Uh, Colin Sexton coming off the bench, it's been somewhat of a roller coaster ride. I think uh, most people thought that Colin Sexton would be at his optimum uh, effectiveness coming off the bench. So he he's bought into that, I would say, and coming off the bench for Utah Uh, But again, a guy coming off an injury, so that's tough. So you're coming off an injury, you're with a new team, and you're now in a new role as far as coming off the bench. But, you know, Utah surprised a lot of people early. Uh, Everybody thought they were tanking to, uh, you know, be a a front runner in the Wimbiana sweepstakes. And uh, But all of a sudden, they started racking up wins. Now they've come back down to earth a little bit. But uh, it's a fun team to watch, there's no doubt.
0: Yeah, and some interesting stats looking at Jordan Clarkson. The previous five years combined, he started 27 games. This year alone, he started 27 games. And what I really love about the, the Utah Jazz as a Cavs fan is that their top three leading scorers are all from Cleveland, Marken in first, Clarkson second, Sexton third. So just on, and, and on the, the Jordan Clarkson note, Here, Tim. He's had an odd season. He's averaging twenty points, which is a career high. Five assists. We haven't seen this since he was a starter with the Lakers at the beginning of his career. Now he's had some interesting. He was ejected last night. He fined the game before, but he's been great. You know how how great is it from that perspective? I feel like Jordan Clarkson's kind of been a forgotten guy. He yes, he's been a solid sixth man for them but he had never been a closer. So how cool is it to kind of see another former Calv jelly over there?
1: Well, maybe Jordan Clarkson now becomes the guy hiding in plain sight out there in Utah because, again, they just don't get a lot of coverage. And when Sexton was brought in, all of a sudden you had to decide what to do with Jordan Clarkson because you know he had been, as you said, a great six-man, six-man-of-the-year award. So if you want Sexton coming off the bench, all of a sudden you're going, okay, well, what do we do with Clarkson? So you move him into the starting lineup. He's a tremendous shooter. Everybody knows that, especially uh, a streak shooter. When he gets hot, I mean, my goodness, he can throw it in from Provo. I mean, he is just an unbelievable long-distance shooter. So, yeah, I'm happy for Jordan. You know, I got along with him very well when he was here in Cleveland. Uh, Terrific guy. And really, in the end, uh, as much as you're ultra-competitive and you want to win the games, uh, when you get to know the guys, uh, they're all just elite basketball players playing the game they love yes they they play it to win but uh, the joy they get out of playing the game is really something to behold and uh, Jordan was one of those guys he just loved playing the game and still does
0: yeah and it, it's been a lot of fun to watch them so many familiar faces there And yeah on Colin I think he'll work out just fine in Utah there was that article that came out about a Possible trade, no. Th- th- yes, the Utah Jazz will make a lot of trades this year. I don't expect to see any of the former Cavs move. They said they want to keep Jordan Clarkson around, which I think is fantastic. And last favorite stat here, the Jazz have played 27 games between marketing Before last night, when marketing missed the game with an illness, none of the Cavs' three had missed a single game. And just hearing Richard Jefferson talking on ESPN about guys missing games left and right this season, it is fantastic that all of them are able to... To be on the court, and we'll see the Jazz after last night's win now 15 and 12. If the playoffs started today, which they are a long way away from starting, they would be the six seed and avoiding the play. And we could thank the number three offense, the number nine net rating, and the number three offensive rating in the league for that. But now, now we've talked about Utah, we've talked about our Cavs, and so let's talk potential here, Tim. So far, the Cavs are 15 and 8. They, they got a win over the Sixers. They have two wins over the mighty, mighty Celtics, who have been very scary over these last five or six weeks, no matter who's been on the court for them, whether they're digging into their bench or playing a tight rotation. But talking on potential, is the possibility there for the Cavs to be playing all the way into May and June this season?
1: Oh, I absolutely think the potential is there. There's no doubt about it. This is a team Uh, that has three, maybe four uh, legitimate all-star players in the starting lineup with the backcourt, Mitchell and Garland with Jared Allen. uh, And I would think Evan Mobley this year, if he continues to play at the level he's playing, will be an all-star. So you've got that type of talent in the starting lineup. Uh, We talked earlier about the bench and especially when Rubio comes back. So uh, there's no reason that this team, again, staying healthy you know wherever the wood is let's knock on it because staying healthy uh, this is a team that can compete with anybody in the east you mentioned boston zach and five losses on the year two of those to the Cavs. so the Cavs can play with anybody now they are going to become the target for some of these teams and that's a whole different dynamic uh, on the mental side of the game when you walk into an arena and the other teams like that's a really good basketball team. They're going to get our best shot. So that changes things somewhat, but I don't have any reason to think that this Cavalier team can't finish in the top six, uh, avoid that play in tournament. Again, staying healthy. That's always the caveat, but uh, the way Mitchell is playing. And as I mentioned earlier, as he gets more and more comfortable with Garland, the return of Rubio, Jared Allen, the glue that holds it all together, Uh, I think this team easily uh, could avoid the play in and get into the top six. And what you'd really like to see is top four. uh, So you get a home court advantage in that first round.
0: Oh, hundred percent. And I think if you can get the Cavs hosting a playoff series, I think that having that home court advantage, I think could easily give them an, depending on the opponent, obviously an almost near automatic pass on paper (laughs) to round two. It's been a joy seeing things come together. You know, this season they've done a lot of things very well. And, you know, obviously we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. So final, final question here for you, Tim. And then we will wrap up today. We have not yet said his name tonight, but he's been a starter for the last several games that he's been healthy. What have you liked from Lamar Stevens this season, who started out uh, not in the rotation to begin the year. And now he's really cemented himself as a starter and a key defensive piece to what they've been doing.
1: I love Lamar Stevens, and I hope that comes through during the broadcast because this is a guy, well, first of all, let's talk about what you said as far as early in the year. He was a lot of DNPs, did not play. You're thinking, wow, has he gotten buried? And he just kept working and working and working and finally got some playing time, as he said, you know, himself. He he wasn't going to just stop, but you got to keep grinding at it and then inserted into the starting lineup. And the thing about Lamar, Zach, he brings such energy. Uh, he's an energy guy. He's passionate when he plays. Uh, he's a physical player. He's not dirty, uh, but he'll get up in your shirt. He'll knock you around a little bit. Uh, and I think the Cavs, when Lamar is on the floor, feed off his physicality. So, And he doesn't have to score a lot of points, which is a very odd thing in the NBA when you're, you're three-spot really doesn't have to score but with Mitchell Garland Mobley and Jared uh, and that's why LaVert ended up going to the bench to get his scoring punch coming off the bench because he was kind of getting lost uh, in the starting five offensively so Lamar says listen I don't need to score I'll get out here and I'll play passionate defense and work my butt off and really uh, bring energy to the team I I just can't say enough good things about Lamar Stevens.
0: Yeah, and they actually lost the first two games in which he scored in double figures. So that's very telling of the fact that he does not need to put the ball in the basket to help the team win. And just finishing up on that Celtics note, the Cavs are the only team in playoff position right now that has beaten the Celtics. Got two wins from Chicago, who is now, I believe, 9 and 15 or 9 and 12. And the Miami Heat, I believe, are also outside of the top 10. And they beat them last week. So there's your fun stat. The Cavs are the only playoff team as of today that has beaten the Boston Celtics, who I guess a last, last, last note here. Tim, what I've really liked about the Celtics is they can just sub anyone in and it's, and it's worked. Whether the beginning of the season, it was Noah Vonley as the backup center. They've been starting Blake Griffin. It's been working. How about Luke Cornette? We only knew him for about two weeks last year, but he he seems to be fitting in really well over there.
1: It's interesting. Uh, guys will kind of bounce around and then all of a sudden they'll find their niche. They'll find their spot. Uh, and you're right for Cornette. Uh, he has found it in Boston. They have really put him in a role that he excels at and has played well at. And uh, yeah, I mean, the Celtics are deep. And that's what I was referring to earlier with the Cavs. When when the Cavs get Rubio back and Wade back, uh, this is going to be a very deep basketball team now when the playoffs come around it shortens up a little bit eight maybe nine uh but man it's a real luxury when jb can look over at that bench and know he can put guys on the floor that are going to contribute and that's certainly the case with boston they don't lose a step when they go to their bench
0: yeah nope Whether tatum's out brown's out horford's out next man up But that'll bring us to the end of today's Across the Cavs episode. Tim Alcorn, a pleasure, as always, to chat with you.
1: Zach, this was great. I enjoyed it. And again, uh, your coverage is just outstanding. So anytime you want to chat a little Cavs basketball, by all means, uh, reach out and I'll be glad to join you.
0: I will definitely be doing this again soon. But so for Tim Alcorn, I am Zach Goyce saying so long from Across the Cavs and we will catch you real soon.